0: Sing and do continue to pray for Martha. Here is it. If you have your Bibles this morning, I invite you to turn to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 5, and we'll begin reading uh, in just a minute in verse 10. uh, Tile this morning's message uh, showing that you're growing. You know, it's something that uh, all of us expect for uh, as children. When you're born, you're itty bitty and you can't do much, and you know you have to be fed, and you have to have your diaper changed, and all those kind of things. But you expect, don't you, that you eventually grow out of that, uh, and that there's uh, not, uh, but it, so. Uh, what we're talking about this morning is how are we to grow in Christ and how uh, it is important that we know some beginning things, but we should know much more than just beginning things. And so uh, I want to illustrate that uh, by the alphabet song. Uh, so we, we know our ABCs, don't we? I trust that you do. Let, let's Let's test it out, okay? A, B, C, D, E, F, G, I'm not going to sing it, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, and Z. Okay, well, most of you, I'm thankful to report, know your ABCs. That was not the song, but just the letter. But do you know something? Uh, Lauren's going to put it up for us. Because we know the ABCs, guess what else? When we advance to knowing ABCs, this word here, you know what that word is. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. And if you say it loud enough, it might sound atrocious. <laughs> so, uh, that actually is a real word. I asked Siri how to spell it, and he he told me. so. Uh, but without knowing the ABCs, we wouldn't know that, would we? We wouldn't know. And so we had to start somewhere. But boy, we would have been in big trouble if we would never have gotten beyond ABCs and board books. And all of you probably had board books when you were little itty-bitty babies and toddlers growing up. Uh, Hopefully you've advanced beyond the board books. Uh, And so uh, in our Christian life, though, you know, sometimes Christians don't grow beyond the board books. And the writer of Hebrews is admonishing us, listen, there's so much more, there's so much better and deeper stuff that God wants you to know. And God wants you to show it, uh, to show you. Uh, And so let's take a look, beginning in verse 10. Uh, of Hebrews chapter 5. It says, He was called by God as high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have much to say. And it's hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers... A lot of thing here. This is kind of a, a parenthesis preachers tend to do. This is a, a rabbit trail, if you will, uh, for just a minute. That the writer is saying. Listen, he's talking about Christ, our great High Priest, and he basically says to them, he says, "Listen, I. There's a lot that we can unpack about that and how important that is, but I can't talk about it because you're still on the elementary things." You're still trying to get through the ABCs and 1, 2, 3s. Like in math, we, we start out adding, learning how to add. And then they add subtraction to it and multiplication and division. And before long, you've gotten into the Pythagorean theorem. And you get into trigonometry and all those cosines and tangents and all that gobbledygook. Um, But you can't advance to those things if you don't know how to add or subtract and multiply and divide, can you? And so you have to know the beginning things. That's important. But you're supposed to grow in those elementary things and you're supposed to build on top of it. Well, the same thing the writer of Hebrews says is supposed to happen in our Christian life. That in our spiritual life we are to be growing and we learn, you know, those elementary things like Jesus Christ died to save us. That's an element. That's an important elementary thing, though, isn't it? And the gospel of grace and and good news and uh, all those kind those those are important things to know. But there is so much more to the Christian life than just those things. And the only way that we grow in those things is by intentionally exercising ourselves and developing those spiritual disciplines and practicing them. It wasn't the, the audience this preacher was preaching to, it wasn't that they didn't know any better. It's just that they weren't willing. They said, well, we're, we're good with just the basics. And again, basics are good and basics are necessary. But it is so much greater and better when we are able to advance and to go on uh, to those things that that build on those things. And so he says, listen, by now you're old enough and you've been a Christian long enough and you've walked with the Lord long enough, you should be teaching younger and newer Christians how to, to walk in their faith and how to grow in their faith. And you should be reproducing yourself and making Disciples. And yet, you're not doing anything. And sadly, even in 2018, far too often that characterizes us, and we get to the point where we say, well, what else is. Can I tell you something? As long as you have breath in you, you're here for a reason. You're here because God has things for you to do. But God also has things to teach you and things that you need to know. And when you're done with that, you'll leave this life and go to the next. This side of glory, you should always be growing. Some of you have been Christ followers longer than I've been alive. That's, now it's a pretty good while. It used to be not so long, but now you know every year it gets longer, doesn't it? And so you know a lot of things. At least you should. And God doesn't intend for you to keep those lessons to yourself. He intends for you to share them with others. You see, there are, there are younger Christians, newer Christians, that need your godly wisdom and your experience. There are our younger people just in general. And about our teenagers and our little kids and, and the babies that we have. All those younger people need the, the wealth and the blessing of your experience and your knowledge of the things of God. But guess what? If you don't know it yourself, can you teach anybody else to do it? Let me give you an example. If you needed to learn how to give uh, to get blood out of somebody's arm, you would not want to come to Aaron and say, Preacher, will you show me how to to get a needle and how to get into somebody's blood vessel? Because I'd make a mess of it, and I'd probably faint because blood just... Oof, oof. I wouldn't make a good nurse or doctor. The blood just... Oof. But you know who you could go to? You'd go to Lisa... Say, hey, Lisa, I need to get. Can you show me? And she would know how, and she could teach. Why could she teach you? And I, because she's done it. Lisa, I assume she has. I hope she has. Uh, she had to. Somebody had to teach her. And so now she has that knowledge. Guess what? So because she has that knowledge, she can share it with somebody else. The preacher doesn't know how to do it, so I can't teach anybody else how to do it. But you see, I know things. That Lisa probably doesn't know. And I can teach her things. We all have different things that we've been through and experienced and different things that we know about the Lord. God expects us to share that with others. And you can't possibly teach somebody something you don't know how to do. You can only teach when you know how to do it. When you've done it. When you've been there and done that, so to speak. And so the writer of Hebrews says, listen, you should be teaching others, but you're still in infancy. You're still a a spiritual toddler. And listen, we need to understand that there are stages of Christian development, and we start out as newborns in Christ when we need the milk because we're not ready for deep meat yet. But we should grow beyond toddler stage. In fact, we should, and I guess this side of heaven, God expects us to be going on trying to get even a college degree in life with God. That requires we keep progressing and keep learning. Uh, and that's what God expects of us, this side of heaven. So how do we accomplish that? How do we grow in our faith? Well, I'm glad you asked, and there's just two things I want to suggest to you this morning, and the first is this, that we grow by reaching beyond Ourselves. I tell you something, if you knew everything like some of us sometimes think we do, you wouldn't need to be here because you'd know it all and you'd be ready for heaven. No one knows everything. No one knows it all. None of us have all the abilities and knowledge that we, we need to live and to grow in our Christian walk. In other words, God says, we need one another. But more importantly, the first thing I want to see is that we it happens by not reaching, just beyond us, but reaching up. It involves reaching up to God, saying, God, I need you to work in my life. The scripture says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask God and he will give it to him. In other words, God has all the resources we need. We need God in our life. Jesus said in John chapter 15, Without me, you can do no good thing. In other words, Jesus is saying you can't accomplish anything of heavenly and eternal importance without God's help. And so, I guess maybe it's humility. And we talked about it in Sunday school this morning are recognizing that we we can't do it all alone. We can't do it by ourselves. And there may be things and there should be things in our walk with God that God asks us to do that we don't think we're capable of doing. That's good, by the way, because it stretches us and that's what happens and that's how we grow. Our muscles inside of our body grow guess how? By us using And the more we use a muscle, guess what? The bigger and the stronger it gets. And so God intends for us to grow into spiritual maturity and have strong spiritual muscles so that we can help others and so that we can help our church and that we can uh, help reach people and build disciples. But also you know what happens uh, see a lot of times in high school athletes, man, when they're in high school, oh, they're fit. And, uh, a lot, of, when I've gone home uh, and seen some of the people that I went to college with, some of those football players, those basketball players that were lean and mean and trim when they were 15 and 16 and 17, their hair's fallen out, their waist size has quite expanded, and those muscles just aren't quite as strong as they used to be. Why? Because when muscles aren't used, they deteriorate. And the same thing happens in our spiritual life. And in fact, the reason he says it's that he uses the word for it, he says it's because you're a doll of hearing. The The Greek word that's used there really mean that you have just become lazy and that you, Those muscles have deteriorated. Not that you're not capable of doing it, but that you just have not kept up, kept in shape spiritually. And so I can't talk about those deep things of God that I'd like to talk to you about, because you can't digest it. You're not ready for it. So we have to reach up. We have to recognize that we need God. And I tell you that you don't need God just on Sunday. You need Him every minute and every second of every day. That's why we need to pray every day. We need to read our Bibles every day. We need to be around other Christians every day. We need godly influences in our life every single day. So we need to reach out. Then we need to reach out. Not just reaching up to God, but to to realize, realize that God has put us around some good Christian people That have some, and that they can have things to teach us, and that we can teach them. And that's why it's so important for us to be involved in a good Bible believing church. To realize that, hey, we need one another. Not just so that we have friends, not just so we have somebody to lean on, but so that we have some encouragement when we need it. So that when we're struggling, we have somebody that we can call on. Say, hey, I need help, because there will, you may not need help today, but I can assure you something, there's going to come a day you will need help. And it's good to have some people you can call. And so uh, we need to reach out to others in our church, but not only do we need to reach out to others in our church, you know what we need to reach out to those that don't know the Lord at all. There are people that, that I know, there are people that you know that you work with, you have people in your families, you have people in your neighborhoods who don't know the Lord, who are lost, who are headed for hell. But you have the, you know the solution to that. And they're certainly not going to find it watching TV or reading the newspaper. The way they'll find eternal life is if you go and you tell them. Say, well, I don't know what to say. All you have to say is, hey, listen, I once was lost, but Jesus found me. And he's cleaned my life up and he's made a difference in my life. He can make one in your life too. That's all you need to know. Now hopefully your Bible knowledge goes a little bit beyond that. It should. But you at least know that. And so we need to be reaching up and we need to be reaching out into our our church family and to those that don't, don't know the Lord. We have that great message just as we found the gospel. You didn't stumble upon it by yourself. Somebody did something to put it in front of you, didn't they? Maybe it was a preacher. Maybe it was a parent or a a Sunday school teacher or a co-worker. Maybe they gave you a gospel tract. Maybe they gave you a Bible. but, But somebody had a part in you following Christ. And just as somebody was instrumental in you coming to Christ, in fact, probably several people, God intends to use you and me to reach others for Christ. And so we grow by reaching beyond ourselves, realizing that we have to grow, that we have this responsibility to to continue to grow and to develop. And this side of heaven, we will never have arrived and know all that we need to. We'll always have growing that we need to do in our Christian walk. But you see, just like growing... Uh, in our physical body, doesn't happen by accident. Growing spiritually, in our spiritual body, does not happen by accident. Children grow because their parents feed them healthy food. They grow because their parents say, "Hey, get off that Xbox and go outside and kick a ball around, ride a bicycle." And because they make them get up and say, get your lazy bones up, get to school. If kids had their way, they'd be eating Chuck E. Cheese and playing at Chuck E. Cheese all day, every day. Well, it's good for a birthday. It's good to do every once in a while. Leslie and I went a year or two ago for our birthday to Chuck E. Cheese. Had a great old time. But... Wouldn't be good every day, would it? And so our spiritual life, we need to be intentional about rowing in our spiritual life. And part of that is first by reaching beyond ourselves, but then secondly, the, the last way that I want to talk about how we grow is we grow by living out our faith. That's what he said in the last verse of, Uh, that we read verse um, 14 he said listen solid food belongs to those who are full age in other words those that are growing and maturing uh you know we we joke and we you know tell parents hey let me give that kid some some steak let let him have a little bite of this cheeseburger it's not gonna well we all know that really that's not good for for kids yet they have to have the formula first they have you know the and they graduate to the jarred baby food mess that doesn't taste like or smell like what it's supposed to. But feed it, and then the cereal, and then they graduate to solid food, hopefully. Um, and so uh, he says, listen, so when you're mature, you've, you have you're know, the full eight, you can handle solid food. And notice what he says. He said you can handle the solid food Because you've lived your life in such a way that you've learned and you're learning the difference between good and evil. In other words, you're spiritually conditioned enough that you know good stuff and you're able to identify the bad stuff. So when you identify the bad, you say, hey, listen, I'm going to stay away from that. My crazy old dog. Cannot discern good and bad. He will eat anything he can get his little mouth on. He, he one time ate, I had a piece of pizza. I mean, a, a Sam's size. In fact, it was from Sam's. Leslie brought it home to me. And I ate a bite of it, and I had to go do something. And I came back, and my pizza was gone. My little five-pound Yorkie dog ate that entire piece of pizza. And that's great. He didn't get sick either. But he, he doesn't know that he's not supposed to eat pizza. He's not supposed to eat chicken sandwiches. He's not supposed to eat, you know, other things that he finds. Because he's not able to discern. But friends, can I tell you, God's made us a little bit smarter than a dog. And we have the ability to know what's good for us and what's not good for us. And he's given us the ability to choose whether we're going to fill ourselves with what's good for us or what's bad for us. We as human beings, and even as Christians, we are capable of doing either. You are fully capable of doing right things. But we all know we're also fully capable of doing bad things, aren't we? Because we all occasionally will do those bad things. But the choice is ours. And so by living out our faith in the things that we know, and and so God's word, as we grow in our faith, it should change some things. And sometimes there's things that God uses his word to cut out of our lives. Sometimes God has to do surgery on us take things out of our life that shouldn't be there. And we have to choose to allow Him to do it. There are things that God's Word tells us, listen, if you're a child of God, you should do this thing. Sometimes God asks to do things that aren't very comfortable. God asks us to give, not just give, but to tithe to His church, and not just to tithe, but to give what we're able to give. So above our tithe. God asks us to to be at church. God asks us to serve Him and to serve others. Well, oftentimes those things are inconvenient. And they're difficult. But the writer of Hebrews has put Jesus as this example of our great high priest in front of us. Did He worry about His comfort or His convenience when He hung on the cross? And when he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. No. He wasn't thinking of himself. He was thinking of me. And he was thinking of you. And he was thinking of all the whosoevers. And so the writer of Hebrews says, this is how you grow in your faith. You reach out beyond yourself and you live your faith. Can I tell you that the fact that you are a Christian should make a difference in every single aspect of your life. There should be differences about you. You should not be like everyone else. Especially the world, those that don't know the Lord. You ought to be different than them. And by the way, that's why there's so much uh, animosity, maybe is not the right word, but enmity maybe that's a better word, between those that follow after God and those that do not. And that's why so many in this world are are absolutely hell-bent on kicking God and Christians and the church out of every aspect of society and public life. Because they know what Christianity claims. And they know that if you follow it, it changes you. Well, not only does it change you, but it should change society as well. The thing is, society, by and large, isn't all that interested in change. They're interested in getting ahead and what can make me happy, and you know, and that's how our world thinks. Hey, if it makes you happy, it doesn't hurt anybody. It's okay. Sadly, I've heard some Christians say that. Well, I'm not hurting anybody, and it feels good. I'm going to do it feels good or if it's politically correct should not be the litmus test we use to determine if something's right or wrong it should be God's word what does God's word say about it and what does the Holy Spirit tell me if you're a child of God if you're saved you know what's right and wrong because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and he tells you he prompts you But the thing is that sometimes we're not very good at listening to what he's saying. How do we get better at listening and hearing and knowing what he says? By listening to him and obeying him. The more we listen to somebody, the quicker and better we recognize their voice. Hopefully, Leslie and I have been here for 10 years, a little more than 10 years now. And so now hopefully if you hear my voice, say, oh, that's that's Aaron. You hear Leslie, you say, oh, that's Leslie. And hopefully you can recognize it better now than you did when we first moved here if you were here then. Now, most of you, if you were to call, I would be able to recognize your voice because we've known each other a long time. So hopefully you don't, when I call, say, Who is this? Who's calling me? Because you know. Well, the same way it is with the Lord is that we, he, he says in His word, "My sheep know my voice, and they follow me." So it's not just a matter of knowing who Jesus is. by the way, the scriptures say even Satan knows who Jesus is, knows that he's the Son of God. The key is knowing the last part, doing that last thing, following him. So, not just knowing, it's doing. So how do we grow in our faith? How do we grow? We live it out. As we practice generosity as we give, and we see that, hey, listen, we can give, and and when you give with a a heart to the Lord, you have more with what's left than you did before you started, before you gave anything away. And God meets your needs somehow. Does it make sense? Humanly speaking, it doesn't make sense. God doesn't have to make sense. We just have to know that it works. I don't understand for the life of me how this iPad works or how my cell phone works, how I can get on this thing and punch a number in and, and I can call clear around the world. And I can hear somebody just like they were standing right here talking to me. That, it boggles my mind. If I think about those kind of things long enough, it will give me a big headache. You don't have to understand how it works or why it works. I just know it does. I know that I can type mail to somebody in the computer and push send, and it's there within a second. It takes the post office two or three days to deliver a letter across the street. But the computer can do it just like that. I, was, I don't know how that works, but I know It does. The point is this, that we don't have to understand everything about serving God. But we do have to take what we do know and use it. And as we use what we do know, guess what God's going to do? He's going to keep showing us more and more and more. So that nobody will be able to say of us, hey, listen, you've gotten lazy. I can't tell you about the deep things of God because you're dull of hearing. Well, we get dull of hearing by being spiritually lazy. Our spiritual hearing needs to be sharp. So that God doesn't, he doesn't have to yell at us. He doesn't have to repeat himself. All he has to do is whisper. And we know his voice so well. And we're so attuned to him that even at the whisper, We obey because we know exactly what he wants us to do. When Leslie and I started, we were first married, you know, she'd go to Subway and uh, sometimes and get us lunch, and say, what do you want on your sandwich? And I'd have to tell her. But now do you know what? I don't have to tell her what I want. If I tell her Subway, she knows, um, you know, don't put mayonnaise on that sandwich. I want some lettuce and some tomatoes and some onions and some olives, cucumbers, you know, those kind of things. And she knows to get those things. Why? Because we've been married a long, long time now. Uh, And we know each other. And we know each other more today than we did when we first met so many years ago. And our relationship has grown. And that's how our relationship with the Lord is supposed to be. Leslie and I sometimes can finish each other's sentences. And sometimes finish them correctly. We're supposed to be able to finish God's sentences because we've walked with him and that we know him. And so that when he says, hey, Aaron, I want you. And you say, Lord, you don't even have to finish, I know. That's what our desire should be in our walk with the Lord. God has great things to teach. Listen, walking and knowing God and living for Him is awesome. It's amazing, and we should never tie. And we should, so we should always want to be growing more and more like Jesus. To realize that there's continually more things for Him to show us, and to be excited about that. God does not intend for us to stay on this diet of spiritual milk. Is spiritual milk good? Yes. It's like physical milk, cow's milk, or goat milk if you're... Akin to. Milk is good even as an adult. We all probably need more milk than what we get. Calcium and all the vitamins and all that kind of stuff that, that it gives. Even as we're an adult, we still need it. And it's good for And so as we're growing in our walk with the Lord, we, we never outgrow the need for milk, but milk's not all there is to our diet. But there are some vegetables, and there are some chicken kebabs and some chicken dumplings, and there are some ribeye steak and Mrs. Schubert rolls. In our spiritual diet. Are you thankful for milk as a baby? You're glad you got milk as a baby. I guarantee you that. Because without it, you wouldn't be here. But I doubt any of us want to go back to a diet of milk. Why? Because we know how good (laughs) the real stuff is because we've grown and we've experienced it. The writer of Hebrews is writing to a group of Christians that had experienced it. And we're, like we sometimes are prone to do, Said, man, I wish i just go back to being a baby. No, you don't. God intends for us to continue to grow and grow and grow and grow until we step into eternity and we're finally changed once and for all. When we're here on earth, we should be continually growing and being more and more like Christ. And so I hope God will help us uh, in that. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness. And Lord, thank you how you challenge us. Lord, if there's one here today that doesn't know you and uh, the forgiveness of sin and new life that comes from knowing you, would you help them today to receive that gift? Lord, if there's one of your children here today and they've gotten spiritually lazy and dull of hearing, Lord, would you shake them up today? Would you say, hey, listen, would you get off this milk diet and get on the meat and potatoes of serving and walking with the Lord? Lord, forgive us when we fail you. Lord, help us to serve you with fervent hearts give us a desire to know you more each day help us to love you and to serve you and to put you above all others and all things because that really is where we find what life is all about help us to live our faith out before others Lord Help us to to reach out to others, to reach up to you. Help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Friend, let's stand together this morning. We send Him invitation. If God spoke into your heart, today would be a great day, and now would be a great time to make a decision for the Lord. Let's sing together. They strength